Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Roof Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Jeff Broderick, and I'm going to be the host of Roof Talk Radio. We're going to come to you for about 15 minutes and discuss all things roofing. We're going to talk about facility managers and what they look for when it comes to managing the roof. We're going to talk about building owners and what's important to them. And most of all, we're going to talk about how we can approach this industry just a little bit differently. Coming up, Episode 3, Making or Breaking a Property Acquisition, The Importance of Proper Roof Due Diligence. This is Roof Talk Radio. Good morning, Roof Talk Radio listeners, and welcome. We are, what, on episode three uh, of Roof Talk Radio, and uh, definitely looking forward to coming to you this morning with a little bit of unique perspective, uh, talking more about property acquisitions, the buying and selling of properties, and uh, how the roof relates to that becoming a good deal or a bad deal quite often. Uh, so before I jump into that, you know, I was not uh, doing Roof Talk Radio last week because I was down in Dallas-Fort Worth at the IRE show, and those not in the roofing industry uh, may not know, that is the International Roofing Expo, and uh, it's once a year. It's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest show for roofing um, that, that happens each year, and it was really uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Got to see some some cool new technology that's coming out in the roofing industry, some things that roofing uh, professionals will be able to bring and present as options for uh, for suitable clients and, and being able to bring to the table just some more ongoing, uh, unique abilities to getting roofs taken care of out there. And I was really impressed by the show this year. It was It was a lot of fun. And uh, definitely was quite surprising that it got down in the 30s down in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm being from Chicago, was used to that type of weather, but was expecting warmer weather when I was down there and was <laughs> certainly did not dress for the occasion. But good time, good time for sure. So when it comes to property acquisitions, you know, I've been helping people manage their roof for well, going on going on 18 years, but but over 17 years now. And very early on, I got involved with a company that acquired a very large property. I was probably, I don't know, five to seven years into my career at this point. And certainly this was a first for me, bumping into this type of a situation. But the company acquired a extremely large building, a two million square foot building uh, out in Rochester, New York, uh, formerly owned by, well, what was at the time one of the largest companies back in the day, uh, a large camera company. Uh, I won't disclose the name, but started with a co and ended with a DAC and uh, had quite a, a large facility out there in Rochester, New York. 
this building was about 2 million square feet. They had moved at the time to, to a new facility, and this one became available. And I don't know the details on that specific acquisition because, unfortunately, we got involved after the building was acquired. What I do know, however, is that the company that acquired this building got what they felt was such a great deal on this building. And, and, and you know, a, a first look looks amazing, right? So, so they bought the building somewhere around $11 million um, at the time, 2 million square foot building. So they bought this beautiful, huge industrial complex uh, at about $5.5 a square foot. Um, which seemed to be great. You know, I think, I think the rentability at that point was somewhere around three to three and a half dollars a square foot per year. So uh, quite a great investment property at, at five and a half a square foot. Now, what I was called out there for at the time was they had acquired this building and they were getting leaks into certain areas that they were wanting to renovate. So they wanted to take this big industrial building and convert it into office space, uh, multi-tenant multi, uh, office space, and breaking it out. And, uh, you know, that's always always a great way to, to do things and to be able to increase the profitability of an investment property. Uh, if you can successfully do that, that that's fantastic. Um, so they called us out because the roof was leaking in various areas. I personally went out there to get up on this roof one, because I was so early in my career, I had never been on a two million square foot roof. <laughs> that was that was quite the experience when I went up there and realized it was like looking out onto the ocean. You, you, you could only see the horizon. You couldn't see the entire roof. It was just that large. And uh, went out there and began inspecting this roof. So what ended up happening is as we continued to inspect section after section, it became very apparent that this roof was absolutely just demolished. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. Even to this date, I can tell you that the roof that I experienced back in, in, you know, 2010, um, getting up there and looking around was if not the worst condition roof I've ever seen, it was definitely right there in the top two. <laughs> it it's, was really bad. There were areas where wall flashing was peeled open so wide. I, I mean, you could literally crawl inside there and hide if you wanted to. I mean, it was, it was just wide open. I kid you not when I tell you this. This is, it sounds exaggeration, like an exaggeration. It is not. There were ducks and and geese swimming around this roof was in horrible horrible condition and clearly had been for quite some time however with that being the case um i had to do a proper due diligence inspection report uh, to let them know exactly what was taking place. The problem was the due diligence report was coming after the acquisition and after they had already purchased this building. And, and actually it was a couple months after they had purchased this building. So, so they had this building for quite some time. I don't know what type of reporting might've been an as is type of, of sale or an auction. I have no idea what the details were on the actual purchase of that property, 
But uh, clearly, I can reassure you that nobody with a set of eyes was up on that roof, whether they had roofing experience or not. Um, that would have raised some serious red flags seeing what was going on up there. So I want to continue this story. Uh, before I do, I always forget to give this call-in number. So I, I, I want to give this call-in number. So uh, at any point, if there's any time that anybody would like to call in and, and be part of this show, uh, I want to make sure I start offering that up early on in the show so that that way uh, at any time there's any questions or anything you want to weigh in on, uh, feel free to do so. Um, the guest call-in number should be on the broadcast page that you're looking at. Uh, but just so you know, it's it's 516 516- Four one eight five nine three six. Again, area code five one six four one eight five nine three six. That will uh, put you into the switchboard. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have a zero dollar budget here with Roof Talk Radio, so I I hope to double that soon. But zero dollar budget, and so therefore there will be nobody answering that switchboard. I will be able to see your phone number and read off the area code that you're calling from, and uh, put you live on the air. At point but um but just wanted to kind of let you know how that's going to play out if you decide you do want to participate if not no big deal but thought i'd throw it out there it is available for anybody who would like to call in so going back to the uh the property in rochester new york again one of the worst conditions anybody could see it if they went up on that roof i began inspecting this roof uh, one section at a time and as i went through this roof there were about two areas that the roof had had some kind of a, a redo done on it at some point um, because they were in what I would consider to be fair to decent condition. Um, those two sections, they totaled right around, uh, I want to say a couple hundred thousand square feet, um, maybe around 260,000 square feet. Um, out of the 260,000 square feet though, when you're talking about, <laughs> 2 million square feet, you're really talking about, you know, uh, 1.7 million, one point, just under 1.8 million square feet of roofing that is destroyed. It absolutely has to have something done or water's just going to pour into the roof system. And clearly because they called this out there because of leak, it's actually finding itself all the way into the building and causing leaks. So this has to be addressed. Well, the more I inspected, the uh, unfortunate worse news it became because the roof had tapered insulation on it. The insulation was completely saturated, soaking wet um, all throughout. And the amount of stuff going on this roof, on this roof was, was just unbelievable. I mean, they had uh, steam pipes. They had all kinds of, of uh ventilation coming out of this this building um, probably due to back in the day when we actually used uh, film there were probably all kinds of chemicals that went into that 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 needed to extrude from that building so um, they had all kinds of inventory and crazy stuff going on there where it just became a very complicated complex roof along with a 100 percent tapered roof system that was completely saturated now what does that equate to well, it equates to you have to tear off this existing roof down to the deck. You have to come back up to current code requirements of whatever the, the uh, New York code requirements were at that time. Um, and then anything 
that didn't meet current flashing heights on that roof, all the penetrations that didn't meet the new flashing heights, because uh, when you come up in code, you oftentimes are coming up another two, three inches in thickness. All of these things have to potentially be raised up another two to three inches as well in order to meet the proper manufacturer requirements for flashing heights. So in non-roofer language, that means a lot of money. Very, very, very expensive roof system. In that case, it was probably going to be somewhere around $15 to $20 a square foot for the roof. $15 to $20 a square foot. Now, when you take and you start doing the math on this, and I can only do it because I have a calculator in front of me, but the math on this equates to what was a great deal to a very horrible investment that was going to end up costing this company a whole lot of money, unfortunately. 15 to $20 a square foot, you know, you're talking about somewhere around $36 million, uh, $37 million when you weigh in the cost of the initial $11 million that they purchased the building on. So about a $26 million re-roof for this building plus $11 million of the initial cost. Now you are talking about a total investment of this property, not $11 million, but $37 million. Not a cost of five and a half dollars a square foot, but a cost of 18 and a half dollars a square foot. Rentability, $3.50 a square foot per year. What looked like a killer deal became a massive problem for this company that acquired this building. And the reason it became a big problem is because the due diligence that was done prior to the sale was either none or didn't include the roof. And if it did include the roof, then then they put somebody up there that that did not have the ability to see um, because that roof was so clearly shot, anybody would have thrown red flags all over this thing. Now, this is an extreme case, right? This is, Most buildings that I am involved with uh, ongoingly when it's in the due diligence process, most of them are not 2 million square foot buildings. Some are but most aren't. And in most situations, the, the due diligence period is something that is exercised. Uh, a, a investor is not purchasing a building without making sure that they are covered and that um, all aspects, electrical, plumbing, uh, HVAC, fires, uh, safety equipment, all the stuff gets inspected. Now, what I have seen over and over again uh, is that typically the roof gets shoved into that due diligence report. And so you get a due diligence report that covers everything, everything across the board. And unfortunately, when you get a report that covers everything, typically you get a report that doesn't really give you great detail on anything, but gives you kind of an overall broad perspective of everything. Jack of all trades, 
spread too thin, whatever you want to call it, right? It, it gives you the ability to kind of get some eyes on, on things, but not necessarily diving into the details. Is that okay? Yeah, probably in a lot of aspects, right? A lot of aspects you can get away with that and um, have it not end up costing uh, the, the good deal to become an absolute horrendous deal. But I have to tell you, the roof will change that tremendously. In my opinion, and my high suggestions to anybody that I do business with is separate the roof in your mindset when it comes to the due diligence of an acquisition property. If you want to couple everything else together and not get a specific report done that is specifically detailed for each individual uh, uh, discipline in that, at that facility. Okay. No problem. Make sure you separate the roof. The roof will cost you the absolute most amount of money on that facility when a project has to take place. And when that project has to take place is really, uh, dependent upon the life of the roof that has already passed. So you're going to need to know a few things going into this. Now I am, I am talking, I'm going to talk both buyers and sellers here and brokers don't freak out. All right. Um, the, the whole point of this is that I get that we don't want to, nobody does somebody interested in buying a building, somebody interested in selling a building and certainly a broker who is interested in that acquisition process taking place. Nobody wants this thing to fall apart, right? Uh, a buyer doesn't want to not buy the building or else they wouldn't be interested. They wouldn't be putting an offer out there. Uh, a seller certainly wants to sell the building and a broker wants to, to facilitate making that marriage happen. Understood completely. The advice that I would like to put forth is one that I believe will help every single person in that equation and will help a good marriage to take place and to avoid a bad marriage that nobody wants to be part of. So understanding that a roof on a low end, okay, on a low end, a roof project where you're talking about you, you can, you know, overlay an existing roof. You don't have to tear, tear it off. You don't have to come up to code requirements. You can get away with going over the top of the existing roof. Typically, you figure a low-end cost, and, and I like to you know, play extremes here, but an extreme low-end, you're probably talking about $4 a square foot, okay? And, and clearly, everything, that's just a ballpark generalization of a, of a very low square foot unit cost number. Um, everything comes into play, everything. Inventory on the roof, um, the type of roof system you're talking about going back with, uh, accessibility to the roof. Um, all of that stuff comes into play. So there's a whole lot more that weighs into the actual unit cost of a roof. But if you're talking about a, a, a non-union job um, that, that you can get away with overlaying a roof, figure $4 on a minimum square foot unit cost. Well, at a minimum, $4 a square foot, you're talking a, a, even a 100,000 square foot building is now you're talking a $400,000 cost to just getting that roof up to something that's going to last another 15 to 20 years before having to budget for a new roof project. If you can get away with that, if you have to tear off that roof. Now, again, 
kind of going in on the on the on the other end of things. If you're talking about a a, a higher priced union tear off job, you could be talking fifteen to twenty dollars a square foot on a complicated, difficult job that requires uh, a union labor type of thing. You're talking fifteen to twenty dollars a square foot. Now you multiply that by the square footage of the building, and you can do your own math on figuring out what type of additional investment has to be done in order to make this a viable uh, uh, situation for you to, to, to acquire that building. So what do you do, right? How, how do we, how do we take a situation that could potentially be a very bad situation and how do we make it into one that makes a lot of sense? My recommendation is, is one of a few things. One, first of all, is sellers, before you go about putting your building on that marketplace, my high recommendation is to get your own due diligence report done on your roof up front. Find out what you're going to get into and, or what a potential buyer is going to get into. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, my recommendation, which should be for most um, other companies out there that, that talk with buyers, uh, would be the same thing to them. Make sure you do a detailed due diligence report. Detail everything because you want to know, buyer, what you're getting into on this roof. So before they get that advice, I'm going to give that to the seller because the seller is going to be the one that puts it out on the marketplace. So get a due diligence report done. Understand what the condition is of the roof that you're trying to sell. Then start to understand what can you do if needed, right? If you have a, if you have a good roof that's in good condition and is going to get another uh, good eight to ten years out of it, and and there's really no uh, uh, deficiencies that are really making a big big difference up there. Uh, great, you're in a good condition, and you've got a great report that you can go to the table with and and state, you know, hey, we we've had a due diligence report done on our roof. Here's the condition of it and add more confidence into that buyer's uh, 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 buying process and give everybody that's at that table the confidence of, of the condition of the roof. Uh, they probably will still do their own um, to, to check that report and, and make sure that it, it's what you're saying it is. But, but certainly um, you're adding confidence into this acquisition process prior to. On the other hand, if there are issues with the roof, you've got a roof that's only going to last another couple of years. You got a roof that's in, in, in not great condition. It gives you seller the opportunity to resolve that situation in the most value engineered possible way prior to bringing that property to market. So what do I mean by that? Well, there are some things that you can do um, from a value-engineered solution that can help you to get that roof in good condition and back under warranty for 15 to 20 years and get uh, that, that roof in a condition that no longer becomes a detriment to the sale but actually can become an asset to that sale and can, can, can help in um, – giving another added benefit to why they want to purchase your building. And clearly you can also potentially um, equate that into what you are asking for that building. Uh, if you're asking X for a building in, in really poor condition, 
you might be able to get Y in a, for a building that's in really good condition as far as the roof goes. Um, if you are able to value engineer a solution and take that conversation off the table at the time of the acquisition, that is ultimately the best situation that you can have. You can also have a, a report done that uh, can potentially lead to understanding what deficiencies are up there, emergency, remedial, what things you can do to keep that roof buttoned up and to hopefully help prolong the life of that roof. And obviously, hopefully you've had that roof maintained on an annual ongoing basis. To be honest with you, the majority of the people that I do business with prior to doing business with them um, did not and recognize that that was an issue. And after bringing some things to light, for sure have ever since. But um, if you have not been maintaining that roof ongoingly, there might be some things that you can button up and even bring to the table as far as some repairs that were done to that roof and that because you did these repairs, you're going to be able to get X, Y, Z amount of years projected out of that roof. And it might help with the sellability of that without you having to come out of pocket with a major capital expense. Every single roof is different and what your options are and what you can do to navigate that, that process really is something that it varies uh, situation to situation, but you want to understand what those are and you want to be able to have somebody who's able to sit down with you and kind of go through that with you and, and help advise what, you know, what they see as the most viable options and to be there to answer questions that you might have. That is something that my high recommendation, again, for a seller is to take care of that situation prior to going, putting the building on the market. Um, that way you've got your ducks in a row. Now, buyers, I highly recommend you making sure that you are not coupling that due diligence report as one due diligence report that covers everything, including the roof. Separate the roof out. Make sure that you have a specific report that details the condition of the roof and lets you know what those options are when it comes time for the capital project. Again, if you have a roof that's in decent condition and, and it's got a, quite a few years of, of life left in it, um, then you need to take that conversation off the table. If you've got a roof that's at the end of its useful life and it is really getting down to the next couple of years are going to entail a capital project on that roof to make it, to make it viable, to make it rentable, <laughs> to make it move inable, um, then you're going to want to have somebody who can kind of weigh those options in with you and talk to you about what they are and what the cost differences are from a budgetary standpoint for a complete tear off coming up to code requirements versus a value engineered solution and give you the ability to come to that conversation with some knowledge of what it would take if that roof has to be torn off and come up to current code compliance, what you can do from a value engineered aspect uh, to, to get yourself under a 15 to 20 year warranty with a new roof system uh, over the top of the existing, what that looks like. And maybe it's a situation where there are some repairs that really uh, just need to be done. And if those repairs are done, can put you in good condition. 
And, and maybe that's what you're coming to the table with is, is the understanding that we need those repairs done prior to taking ownership of this building. And as long as uh, the seller's willing to provide those repairs, that, that maybe that's, that's where the negotiation level comes in at. Um, but no matter what, you're going to need to know the full detail of all of those aspects. One, what condition is this roof currently in? Does it have service life or does it not have service life? Two, if it does have service life in it, are there any repairs that should be looked at having done, whether you do them and it's okay based upon the, the, the level of, of dollars we're talking about needing to be done, or is it something that you maybe should bring to the conversation when sitting down at the table with the seller? And then lastly, if the roof does not have service life left in it or very little service life left in it, what needs to be done on that roof? Does it have to be torn off? Is there options to value engineer? What are the cost differences between those things? And what are you looking at as a buyer getting into this building? And is that something that you need to bring to the negotiating table or not? I can tell you if the company that I got involved with that per purchased this building uh, out in Rochester, New York, had done that. I have a feeling that they would not have been buying that building, um, uh, number one. <laughs> or number two, they would have probably uh, looked at getting some, some negotiating done up front. Um, even, even at that, I mean, to give that building away, they would need to do some evaluations to figure out if it's an investment that even makes sense just at the cost of the roof alone, 15 to $20 a square foot rentability, three and a half dollars a square foot, just the cost of the roof alone may not make that a viable investment property. So hopefully this was helpful. I am certainly available to talk further on this stuff. You can always reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, which is probably where you heard me advertising roof talk radio at this point. Uh, podcast is now available on iTunes and tune in. Um, so feel free to subscribe to the podcast and you can hear the repeat uh, in the um, uh, podcast recording of this every single week. Uh, I'm going to continue to bring these forth each week. Next week, uh, my intent is to talk about some restoration stuff and some various options when it comes to restoring your roof um, and not having to do a full tear off, but getting it under warranty. So until next week, I wish you the best. I hope you stay dry. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions. Thank you so much. You're listening to Roof Talk Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.